0: Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Bass Agenda, another packed show for you this month. Something a little bit different in part one for you too. Earlier in the year I was approached by uh, Dr. William Proctor, an old school Electro fan, who's now starting to write a book on the history of this fantastic genre of music that we all love. Particularly looking at the early days, the influences and the influence of Electro. My most recent conversation with him forms most of part one of this show. Along with some tracks that are important to him And important to the book so far as well Kicking off the show Seeing as we've got a legit professor on the show as a guest With Professor X One of my favourites And as it turns out, one of his as well Professor X, I am here Coming from my
1: creator D2D, Master Emulator, conceived in planet By DJ Unknown DJ Slip was over me
0: Part of the show pleased to welcome back for the third time I think it is now a good friend of the show the amazing ADJ has put together an hour's worth of electro memories for us really cool old school mix 21 tracks rammed into an hour something to look forward to first bit of chat you're going to hear is between me and Dr Proctor first up setting the scene a little bit about what he's trying to do then we'll get to know him check out some tracks find out a bit more
2: about how you can get involved and a lot more besides. In the UK, obviously, where I'm based, the history of dance music at the moment goes from Northern Soul through to jazz funk, then leaps frog, leapfrogs leap completely over electro mm. to rave music, Detroit techno. Yeah. Then yep. we have house jungle, drum and bass, grime, mm. all mm. else in between and beyond. But plenty of rave artists clearly emphasize the profound role that Electro played an inspiring to make music so yep. Dave yeah. Clark Norman Cook or Fatboy Slim mm. Liam Howlett of the Prodigy all talk about Electro yeah, yeah. as and influences mm. so in a sense this project or the book that I underwrite write kind of operates as a kind of historical revisionism but mm. mm. so I think it's massively important that Electro pioneers are given due credit Definitely. for what came after and, and what's interesting is Electro is the precursor to Detroit techno for example So, although Juan Atkins is rightly seen as the godfather of Detroit techno, or at least Mm. one of them, Mm. um, with Derek and Kevin Sanderson, Mm. it started off in electro synth-pop group Cybertron. Mm. And I guess the tracks Clear and R9 are undoubtedly electro-tuned. So, I don't think it's provocative or contentious to suggest that electro provided the foundations for Detroit techno, but the history Mm. of hip-hop and electronic dance music usually skim over these connections. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You know, one of the people that I interviewed, Kurt Bagley, who's also, the, the, I guess we call him an electro-artist from the UK, called Scape One, who I'm sure many of your listeners have heard. So he pointed yeah. out to me that Cybertron also drew heavily from UK synth-pop, mm. and especially Ultrabox.
3: Mm. Now,
2: this this was, this was is something that, that that I wasn't aware of. And mm. um, So it's offer an example, the track Mr. X, from Mm. Ultravox's 1980 album, um, Vienna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly echoed, um, according to Kurt, in Mm. Cybertron's 1981 track, Alleys of Your Mind, Mm. which is interesting because it comes the year before Planet Rock. But I'm not sure if it's electro per se, but it's definitely inspired by um, UK synth pop, especially Ultravox. And on the B side of that record, Cosmic Rain Dance, Cybertron borrowed the bass line from Electricity by orchestral manoeuvres in the dark, which is a faster version of Kraftwerk's radioactivity. So, what we have here, there's lots of borrowings, lots of borrowing back. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a multicultural e- sonic echo chamber mm. exchanging cultural fluids across transnational borders and territories. So, um, t- I've always been fascinated by Electro in the sense that once you learn more about it, to try and find this one, to pinpoint this one place where this is the first Electro track mm. is. Really, really difficult to do and impossible almost because we've yeah, got yeah. all of these exchanges of cultural fluids going all over the place, mm. and and a lot of that's to do with not just the way technology moves because of electronic music, but the way technologies move to allow us to be what what some people call a global village for whatever for what for good or bad. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so music can travel, and music. Mm. So so even seeing electro as. Something that 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 emerges from black culture is 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 really difficult because you had um, Latin people who were who were the B boys and stuff like that. Yeah. If you look at electro, yes, you've got um, Africa Band Battle and the Soul Sonic Force, but you've also got Arthur Baker and John Roby, mm. who, who who are pioneers of this sound, if you like. Mm. And mm. Yeah, so. and we could also consider Latin hip hop, but we, what we call that what we call today freestyle. Mm. Mm. I guess in broad strokes and listeners please email me if you disagree or if you've got another viewpoint. <laughs> freestyle Freestyle is a subgenre of electro, but instead of rapping or vocoders or even an instrumental, we have singing. Yeah, yeah. So tracks like um Shannon's Let the Music Play, mm. Dina's mm. on the Upside, both mm. from nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Yeah. The of freestyle. yeah, yeah. But Brilliant. we would have described them as electro at the time. Mm. And in fact, both tracks were on Street Sounds albums: um, Crucial Electro True and, um, and Electro True, respectively. Yeah. Um, and let the music play by Shannon is often cited as the first freestyle track, but I think there's a case to be made that it's Planet, Planet Patrol's "Play at Your Own Risk" from '82, which oh, is man. A, a kind of. Mm. What's interesting about that track is that's the track that they, that that was going to be Planet Rock. Mm. Until they decided that they were going to. Um, well, in fact, um, Arthur Baker explains that they they recorded that in case they got a lot of grief over using this, the Kraftwerk, um riff right. from Trans Europe Express. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, really, what you have is Planet Rock Part 2, but instead of rapping, we have Planet Patrol singing on it. It's an amazing track. I love that track. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's yeah, play at your own risk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, play at your own risk is fantastic. It yeah. is. Maybe. So, so, so in '82, I think, I think what's interesting is planet rock kind of um, births electro hip hop. At the mm-hmm. same time, that planet patrol um, gives birth to to what what comes to be known as freestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I don't see the distinctions between electro and freestyle to be that mm-hmm. clear cut. It's they, these are no. these are. But that's the way genre works. We love putting things into neat boxes. We love categories. And that's really to help the company sell stuff as much as it is to help us understand it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But but, but the distinctions between electro, freestyle, um, British synth pop, um, electronic dance music, hip-hop, funk music, mm. they're, not, they're not that clear-cut. No. They're all part of this Venn diagram of intersection and convergence. Mm, definitely. Sunderland, so in the northeast, and some, um, really born on a council estate, so um, we lived in poverty for most of our lives, really. Mm. Um, but then we moved down to a place called Hendon, which um, was was meant to be better, but was right next to a council estate anyway. So a lot of poverty in the area, a lot of mm. working class. I mean, it really is a working class area. Mm. And interestingly, my um, my music, my musical upbringing, if you like. Mm. I'm sure this is the same for a lot of people, but um, you kind of like what your dad, and what your mum and dad like at first. So yeah, it was yeah. like things like Queen, rock music, that mm. type of stuff, mm. um, but also black music. So my dad would have Otis Redden and he would have um, Wilson Pickett, mm. and that type of thing. So it was in 1984. I was 10 years old. I was born in
3: 1974,
2: mm-hmm. and I was watching Breakdance the movie, or Breaking as it's called in the states. Mm. That was mm-hmm. my first introduction to well hip-hop culture really yeah um, but it's a very even though that film now it doesn't really get due credit for what it did it's mm. a very important film even though it is dated but it doesn't seem dated to me because I've been brought up with this. I watched this mm. film every year or two and I have done since that age yeah it just brings me so much joy yeah and th- there's just a bit in the film where turbo and the character turbo is working in a 7-eleven with ozone and he's mm. asked to go outside and sweep the floor so he does mm. he goes outside and then we hear the first strains of um the Two the remix from mm. the b-side of the 1983 12 inch and turbo starts down some of the broom mm. and this music ends, yeah. and it's like it's really difficult to get across to students when i lecture on things like this about mm how different this sounded at the time. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, up until that point, it was really live music that I'd heard, so, you know, guitar-based music, mm. Mm. and not really much electronic music, and then this... I can't really explain how it impacted me, but it sounded like something from from space. Yeah, yeah. And that's a real big connection to electro, is this idea of science fiction being mm. future music, as some people call yeah. it yeah yeah and definitely. seeing Tur- seeing turbo um moonwalking and um even though he does a magic bit with the broom where he's got his hands above them you can see the string so it's not the best production in the world but it, it, for, for a 10 year old it was just like what is this this is just another world
3: yeah
2: and yeah, yeah. La- later in the film um, well, just at the end of that scene, you've got two guys from from um, Electro Rock, as they're called, and there's mm. the term Electro, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and and they come and kind of challenge Ozone and Turbo to a to a battle, mm. and they turn up the the, um, mm. the radiotron in the film, which is which is a real place in earlier called the Radio.
3: Mm. And it's yeah. where, uh, yeah.
2: and I spoke to I interviewed David Stores, who um, did the track Reckless. Mm. He was the one who did the production and the music. Yeah, the glove did the scratching. Mm. Nice. Mm. Did the vocals.
3: Yeah. Amazing. What's
2: interesting about that track is it's not in the film, and the mm. reason being is Dave Stores was asked to produce this after they'd done test screens of the film, and they said, "We don't have a rap song on the soundtrack." Mm. So right, what yeah. Dave Stores did was he took some of the music that was already in the battle sing in the radio song. Hmm. And he kind of developed a, a bit further so if you watch the film you can hear strains of of the beat of, of, of what would be reckless
3: mm, mm.
2: But, but but it's just when 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 you're in that club the energy in that film is palpable mm. uh, you really feel that that there's something at stake here and it's yeah. a, a, i mean it all boils down to who's the best dancer yeah 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 brilliant and of course um ozone and turbo get beat Mm. The first time, but the music is what's really important. You've got ice T rapping over um, Beatbox by Art of Noise when we go. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if we would call that an electro track, debatable. As um, I'm sure listeners will think, well, of course it is, and other people say, well, no, it's not. Having a to or whatever. Um, but, but, but there's kind of this futuristic sense of the music. It's got, so, that, so
0: got that vibe to it, hasn't it? I think it, it does. You, you recognize as electro, yeah.
2: Yeah, it does have mm. that vibe. So, so it's a it's a very important film, mm. and um we 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 just got bits of cardboard out on the street corner and tried to emulate mm. this mm. the breakdancing, and we were terrible, but we got <laughs> we, we got quite decent <laughs> for the time, you know. You know, we were ten years old, and what happened was we were invited to do a school performance because we were doing it in school, yeah. so. At the beginning of assembly one Friday, me and four the four friends got up on stage and um, did a breakdance demonstration, if you like, to the right. to the to the dulcet tones of volume and Jerry singing "Ain't No Stopping Us." Oh yeah, yeah Breakdance yeah. soundtrack. So, so at hmm. that point, I'm not really sure that I was separating the differences between electro rap um, and other songs from the break and soundtrack, which is which are funk-based, electro funk, mm. I guess. Um, and also freestyle like Heart of the Beat by Three V. Yeah. So, so, so that's where it begins. Mm. Um, mm. And then there was a few people in the neighbourhood who were a little bit older than us. Mm. They started to introduce us to the street sounds electro compilations. Right, okay. And so, and yeah. um, people started to buy twelve inches mm. of tracks that were on the electro. So big ones at the time would have been Alan and Fish by Hashim. Oh yeah, and one of them, which is which is for me, hasn't dated one bit. Yeah, it's an incredible chew. and that—that's when we started to. Um, when one of my friends bought Juice by the World Class Wrecking Crew and you had the the graffiti on the cover and uh, Daryl Davis' cover who did um, the covers for the World Class Wrecking Crew and Unknown DJ as well, because they're Mm. closely related. Mm. In fact, Unknown DJ was a member of the World Class Wrecking Crew of DJs. Mm. That's what's important about all all these electro tunes, is a lot of these people were DJs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they started off that way. And Mm. of course, Dr. Dre was in the World Class Wrecking Crew and he seems a little bit embarrassed about that history. Uh. Um, I've spoke to a few electroheads who talk about the film straight out of Compton and just... Oh, yeah. The kind of, um, they've kind of brushed away the world-class wrecking crew connections. Mm. And he's in the nightclub spinning discs. He's not dressed like he was in the day, which... Um, well, back in the day, we thought that um, they looked like pimps or, 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 or something like that, yeah. but it ter- turns out they were inspired by Prince. Yeah. So you can see a lot of connections here with mm. and the types the of ty- the, ty- the, ty- the, ty- the time. So where did you where did you
0: see the, the the movie breaking? Was it was it on was it on the T V or was it somebody had it on
2: tape or something or? It was VHS. It was VHS. a VHS, yeah, yeah. VHS. Yeah, from from a dodgy dealer in um, in our area who he had a <laughs> he had a proper store but none of his stores none of his um video tapes were originals, they were yeah. all copies and um, he lasted for, for many years before he was arrested. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean they came from in the end. <laughs> yeah, so 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 it was VHS, and we just kept renting it out over and over again, and then we copied it ourselves with video recorders back to back. We didn't even have Scott leads then; we had so many different leads. Yeah, yeah, good it was old really, days. Really complicated, book. Um, and <laughs> it was something that we just had on um, permanent rotation and Breakdance Two Electric Boogaloo came mm. out about six months later. Yeah, yeah they, were, yeah, they were both the same year, I think. Yeah, they were um, tied together for sure. Yeah. Yeah and mm. of course the second one is is a different story altogether. It's it's interesting for for it but it's not the same as the first one will always hold a special place oh, in my partner. Yeah. I won't have anyone dissing it. <sighs>
0: Just like you say when you when you're talking to your student. I mean, I have this my, with my daughter. You know, the the idea that you're hearing something for the first time, a sound, a type of sound, and a type of music for the first time, it's just mind blowing. People don't get that now because no. there is nothing new anymore, really. I mean, That's... there is and there isn't, but yeah, the the idea that you know drum machines and synthesizers had, had, had never been heard before, really, in that in that same way. That's, that's what excites me. I think that's one of the main reasons I do Base Agenda, because I just love that, talking to people who were there when things were fresh. And,
2: uh... Yeah, and it's the same with... Um, I know that um, Planet Rock by Africa Bombarder and the Soul Sonic Force is often cited mm. as the first electro track, but that's not actually true. It's mm. the first electro track that has rapping on it. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, when people heard that for the first time, it was so new that some people despised it and um, as I spoke to uh, mm. the UK DJ Greg Wilson who kind of introduced Electro into the nightclubs in the north mm. uh, of yeah, England yeah. and he said when he bought Planet Rock in Manchester the, the guys in the shop were actually laughing because it was, so, it was so unique and so novel Yeah, that, that that people didn't really know what to do with it didn't know how to react now yeah. it's in, and it's one of those tracks that's mm. Rick Rubin said it changed everything yeah. Before mm. that, hip hop was really about. Um, so I think of something like "Rapper's Delight" mm. by the Sugarhill Gang. Yeah, yeah. It has live music. It has live live uh, live bands. Kind mm. um, of covering "Good Times" by Chic, mm. Not mm. sampling because sampling didn't exist. And that's another myth mm. about Planet Rock. A lot of electroheads will know this, but Planet Rock doesn't sample craft work. What mm. actually what, what they actually do is John Roby plays. The, the main riff from Trans Europe mm. Express mm. Um, and the drum beat is the pattern is is emulating numbers by Kraftwerk from the Computer World album yeah. but yeah. it's programmed on a roll and date away by mm. someone who is unknown someone someone that Arthur Baker and John Roby um, saw an advert in a newspaper brought him into the studio mm. he programmed the beat they put it on the tape and um, he left and they've 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 never heard from him again. No, no credit or anything. Wow. Oh, no royalties. Amazing. They did try and find him, but but mm. not know his first name, and um, so 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 there's <laughs> sampling technology wasn't there yet. Mm. So so what Planet Rock did was it, it did away from from using um, live bands and mm. basically disc, disco instrumentals.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: To yeah. create something new, and God knows where we'd be now if it wasn't for Planet Rock. Mm. Oh yeah, game changer game
0: changer absolutely so but we'll get into more sort of tracks and that in the moment i was just curious to say from from those origins of, of break dancing on cardboard on a kind of council stage, how did you how did you get into education and, and,
2: and it came a lot later right it came a lot later and um, i i joined the royal navy when i was 16 years old so oh, okay. I was in Royal Navy for four years, mm. um, which was probably the most traumatic and hellish time of my life. Right. Um, and so so when I left the Royal Navy, I went to do ear levels mm-hmm. And so I did a degree in English, but then I was working in call centres. Mm. And it was when I was around the age of um, 30, mm. I thought, um, I don't, I don't want to be doing this all my life. I don't want to be just moving from one shit job to another. So I went back to university um, and... I did a degree in um, film studies. Right. Okay. And then I moved on to a PhD program um, and finished that only in 2014. So, mm. and then um, started work at Bournemouth University, where I am now, and and um, been looking at um, popular culture in general. So, mm-hmm. uh, before doing the electoral project, I did. I mean, what's really interesting is it seems like I'm I'm trying to please the younger me. And <laughs> um, so, so, so a lot of my work is focused on stuff that I, that I loved when I was a kid. So I've got a book out on Star Wars. I've written about Star Trek, um, those types of things. So, so I've written about fan cultures. These were all mm-hmm. um, and science fiction as well, which was all a big part of growing up. Yeah. Um, now electro, it's kind of like my my expertise or my specialism in academia is related to what I loved when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> wow, that's not too bad, is it? That's fantastic. I didn't realise you'd written a book on Star Wars, man. That's cool.
2: Yeah, it was cool, but I've done so much work on Star Wars now that um, Star Wars will always mean a great deal to me because of what it meant with me as a child.
3: Sure.
2: But, um, but, I, but I wanted to move on to something different. Yeah. Um, and when I found out um, that Electro hadn't been, or it was often sidelined in, in the history of hip-hop, and there's, there hasn't, up to date, there's not been a robust and sustained history of the electro-subgenre as it emerged in New York in the 80s. But it also mm. rapidly spread to other areas, so like Detroit, Boston, Los Angeles, Miami... Mm. Yeah, yeah. Artists like Man Parish, Johnson Crew, Planet Patrol, Cybertron, mm. World Class Wrecking Crew, Egyptian Love Unknown DJ, Arabian Prince, 2 Life Crew, mm. Magatron, Dynamics yeah, yeah. 2. I'm just pulling these out. <laughs> so many. Yeah, they, they should all be celebrated mm. as a pioneer of hip-hop. And the many subgenres of electronic dance music that followed.
4: So listen very closely as the glut The glove on the turntables and I see on the mic. We're reckless.
0: Yeah, so nice. we
2: could we could talk about the the term itself, electro. Mm. Yeah, so, let's yeah let's do that. But, yeah. So in many ways, it's applied retroactively. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cosmo of Nucleus, when I interviewed him, he told me that as far as he was concerned, Nucleus were making funk tunes. Mm. Mm. So, so so it's not even hip hop. On the mm. west coast, Egyptian Lover told me it was simply hip hop. Mm. But nowadays, old school electro is viewed as distinct from hip hop, which which I think is a mistake. Mm. I mean, it's worth noting that the term "hip hop" hip hop was not originally a term for rap music. Mm. It was a term employed to describe the culture. Yes, the four elements being DJing, MCing, or rapping, graffiti, b-boying, and b-girling, or breakdancing in, mm. in mm. UK vernacular. So, hip hop music at the time wasn't just about rap. No, it was. It, it, it would have been about electro. It would have been about Latin hip hop or freestyle. Mm. Um, and Man mm. Parish explained to me that he th- he thought that at the time. Rap hijacked the concept of hip hop, which that's that unfortunately meant that the diversity and hi- inclusivity of hip hop music has, um, over time, its, had its goalposts moved inwardly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. prior to the commercialisation of hip hop, so so what I mean by that is a commodity to be bought and sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hip hop as a term was more encompassing, mm-hmm. more sonically diverse, and certainly more eclectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I found a I found a quote from Africa Bambata, um, which I th- found, thought was interesting. And he mm-hmm. said that people have used hip hop in a lot of ways that cause a lot of mind problems. They use the word wrongly. They use it to mean a part instead of a whole. Like many of these radio stations say, they're hip hop they're playing hip hop. I go to these station stations and these so called program directors don't know jack crap about hip hop culture. Yeah, they you know rap to a certain extent. <laughs> I question them I say where's your go-go your hip house your electro mm. your R&B and so they get real quiet mm. so hip hop was a massive umbrella music and you know hip hop was um, a remix culture in a sense they weren't making music at the yes. beginning of what they were doing they were using great beats and all of that stuff um, and they were playing disco music and you know there's this argument that disco and hip hop developed separately but it's, it's just a fiction it's not true mm. Um, They played disco music, Bambatta did, Cool Herc did. Um, But what's really interesting about disco is, in the nightclubs downtown, or uptown, I always get confused, uptown probably, (laughs) we had a DJ called Walter Gibbons. Now he's a DJ who's white and he's gay. He was mixing between the breaks with as much if not more technical precision precision than Grandmaster Flash five Mm -hmm. years before him. Uh, right. I'm not trying to take away credit from Flash. He introduced scratch, uh, how to scratch and how to mix and all of that. Mm. But just the idea that disco and hip-hop, or that the Bronx was isolated from the rest of New York, mm. is, is nonsense. And I asked Cosmo D the question I asked him was, were you aware of what was going on in the Bronx? Because he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, And he says one of the biggest myths about hip-hop's origin story is that it was all just isolated in the Bronx. He said mm. it was everywhere by 75, 76. Mm. And... Um, Cosmo D was a DJ at the time, and he was rocking parks yeah. um, in, in the Brooklyn area. And I asked him what was the biggest track, what was the, fit, the, fit, the, the favourite track of everyone. He said, Love is the Message by MFSB, massive mm. disco tune. Mm. So um, disco tracks had breaks in them. Yeah, um, yeah. DJs um, in, in, in places like um, Paradise Garage. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say... Um, Studio 54. Studio 54 mm-hmm. is, is, is when disco starts to become commercial. And yeah, you get yeah. Saturday Night Fever and the Bee Gees and the Disco Sucks movement. So mm-hmm. disco's been really maligned. Mm-hmm. Disco is massively important for hip-hop. Disco mm-hmm. is massively important for electro.
1: What's up, y'all? This is Paris, the Black Fool of the Detroit Grand Bars, and you're listening to Base Agenda.
0: I know we've spoken about this offline as well, but I mean, this, I think any music, but, but Electro does attract purists. You know, yes. there are people who are really, really furiously loyal to one origin story, like the, the Kraftwerk story being the main one. But um, as we've, as we've been saying, there's, there's so much more.
2: Craft work are really important, but to call them the fathers of Electro is to do a disservice to other people. Mm. I think. Mm. Now I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say it before before people start shouting at me online or anything. I'm not <laughs> trying to say craftwork are important, not important. Craftwork are massively important, mm. but electro and hip hop in general have uh, has a lot of parents, more parents than would be biologically possible to mm. conceive. a child. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, but I think what's important to understand is the term electro was not used to describe. What we might call electronic or synth-based hip hop in 1982, when mm. Planet Rock came out, when Man mm. Parish's Hip Hop B came out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Scorpio, which is a, which is a banging electro track that really doesn't get a lot of attention, mm. mainstream. Mm. Um, mm. By the time, um, David Toop released a book in 1984 called Rap Attack, a very really seminal book, one of the first, mm. if, if, in fact, probably the first book on hip hop. Mm, not he's, used, it. he's using the term electro so by 84 that mm. term's established DJ Greg Wilson tells me that when he was playing electro they used to call it electric funk then shortened it to electro um, because of Morgan Kahn's Street Sound compilation series and, and a song called um, Electrophonic Funk as well um, but, it, 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 but even then electro wasn't a new term in 1983 Van yeah. claims to have coined the term electro funk Mm, mm. There are the examples that arrived earlier. So, um, for example, someone pointed out to me on um, the Electro Appreciation Group on Facebook that Yellow Magic Orchestra's Firecracker 12-inch has the term Electro Wave on the cover. So so I guess that's a portmanteau of electronic and new wave because we're coming in the post-punk period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kurt Bagley told me that Kraftwerks' Ralph Hooter employed the term Electro Pop in 77, thereabouts. Mm, hmm But there are other songs that include electro in their titles, um, especially from the label KPM, who produced um, so-called library music. Oh, yeah. 1950s onwards. So Ron Geason's 1972 album's called Electro Sound. Mm. There's loads of tracks with electro-something in the titles. Mm. So so the term was certainly, uh, certainly in circulation prior to the Street Sound's electro yeah. versions. As um, we've
0: said before, it's a very cool word. A, it is a cool word. It <laughs> it's is. a very cool word you can see you can see why people have i mean even in recent times people have hijacked it you know EB, edm and, and some of this other stuff as well in terms of the the book what I, you 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 obviously you're in the early stages i suppose really um, but i mean you have you've, you've interviewed a, a, a good few people already um, how do you? How did you start? I mean, I don't actually know how we. Can, I know you emailed me, but I don't know how you found it. How you found me? Actually, I'm, I'm interested to know that.
2: There's a there's a Facebook page of academics about um, music and subcultures, mm. and I went on there and said, "This is what I'm interested in doing. If anyone can point me towards any literature where people do talk about electro, electro that would be great. Mm. Also, if there's anyone um, from back in the day who were involved in this scene." whether you were a musician whether you ended up um, whether you were a B boy whether you, you you were break dancing on street corners mm. whether you just bought the, bought the records and um, please please um, email me and and we can have a chat and mm. and it exploded wow. people would just come out just say and that was my those were the foundations for my youth fantastic I was breakdancing. dancing and and I'm talking about all over the UK yeah so people sure. from as far as Dublin London Plymouth mm. Mm-hmm. Um, portsmouth mm-hmm. obviously up north london Um someone put me in touch with the covent, Guard covent garden breakdancers from london who were active in the scene so so the first mm-hmm. thing that I, that I find out is this is not as isolated as i thought in the north at all
0: no no far from it yeah
2: and, and what happened was there was a there was a, a list of uh, uh, some people were saying you should speak to this guy and one of them was you should speak to andy barton from base agenda and, and then what i did was i started to ask a few questions and then found out mm. found, found it on bandcamp and, and ordered a few um ordered a few 12 inches from yeah me. you did you did yeah yeah a oh, nice yeah. one
0: yeah cool no, uh, I, I can't believe i'd never asked you that before yeah no that's really cool so so far you've interviewed man parish
2: mm-hmm. um, unknown dj david mm-hmm. stores mm-hmm. egyptian lover mm-hmm. uh, cosmo d from nucleus um kirk bagley Skip one yeah. and Bill Klein, also known as Bass Junkie, probably mm-hmm. a listener or both of them. Yeah. These two people have been not just supportive, but they answer questions on Facebook Messenger all day, every day, Yeah, um, almost yeah. to the point that I think they're enjoying the conversation as well. Oh, no but, doubt. Yeah, but, but, but I want to give a massive shout-out to Kurt and Phil to say without them, I wouldn't be where I am. Mm. They've, they've pushed me into different areas that I didn't mm. know. Yeah. So one, one of those areas, and I know this is a track we're gonna play is um Was Dog a Donut by Cat Stevens. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So my first response was was furrowed eyebrows and saying what? Well, now I love Cat Stevens. Mm. Teeth of the Tillerman is one of my favourite albums, it's fantastic. Mm. But it's n- it's certainly not electro, is it? No, no, far from it. Yeah, but the, yeah. Song, the song Was Dog a Donut mm. is perhaps the first electro funk tune and it comes before Parliament and Funkadelic. Mm. And, and I say first, with quotation marks, everyone, I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's just, it, and it became this, uh, it, it's so unknown in the histories of, of, of dance music and, mm. and, and electro. And um, I found this this um, quote on online, which which really blew my mind. Um, and it's from rave pioneer Frankie Bones. Mm. So he says that, as history goes, was Dog a Donut is not recognised. Mm. As one of the most important electronic records ever ever made, but mm. on this 1977 relo- re- release, we have the prototype electro track. Mm. We have a timeless classic here, Moog eruptions and electronic drum program pragan- Sorry, drum programming, mm. which arrived five years prior to the Roland Data Weight. Mm. And the commenter says it 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 is it has a synth effect that sounds like a barking dog. So, mm, yeah, yeah. way, I'm thinking of hip hop bebop and the barking dogs in that. Mm sequencer that uh, Mr. Poulsen defined a groove, a wormhole into the future of electronic funk. It mm. was the first draft the blueprint needed for electronic music to come of age. And, 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 and without Curt and Phil, I, I would not have known that. And it, it it's also being covered by Jellybean on his 1984 album. Um, I can't mm. remember the title now. Oh, yes, I can. It's called What Upski. Um, and, and then we have this electro tune by Salsa Smurf, which is quite... It's not 130 beats a minute, it's about 90 beats a minute. It's quite slow. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but what it basically, it was on Tommy Boy Records as well. So what it what the track mm. does is it mixes was Dog a Donut by Cat Stevens with Kraftworks Trans Europe Express and creates Something New. Mm, mm. So again, just like Ultravox, Detroit, Techno, all these things, you have this, I like to look at it as kind of a matrix with all mm. these influences and inspirations feeding into each other.
0: signals of the base agenda.
2: I know a lot of people talk about the 1960s, about this period of innovation with Mm. things like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and James Brown. Mm. But Mm. I think, think, and this is not my argument, this is an argument made by Tim Lawrence and Jeremy um, Gilbert who um, run a podcast called Love is the Message, which is about music and counterculture. Um, So shout out to to Tim and Jeremy for that podcast, which is my favourite podcast. Mm. Their, Their argument is the 1970s is the greatest decade for musical innovation and mm. you haven't just got electronic music you've got all sorts going on i mean new york just in new york only it's a melting point of musical genres old and new yeah yeah so you, i mean it and all around the country so funk and soul continues to evolve you've got sly and the family stone you've got george clinton's called mm. funkadelic and um, stevie wonder's purple patch you've also got the introduction of the commercial 12-inch single um, the, yeah. f- the first one being 10% by Double Exposure. So that was released in 76. So so, so the 12-inch single didn't exist when I was born. Well, first of all, that makes me feel fucking old. Join the club, mate. But, you know, <laughs> and, and you've got the commercial dominance of Disco. So Donna Summers' I Feel Love, I would argue, is an mm. electric tune. Mm. Electro tune, sorry. You've got the rise of punk, you've got New Wave, you've got synth pop, you've got the first rap records in 1979 with um, Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight's often cited as the first. But it was actually beaten by um, Kim Tim, III by, um, the third, by the Fatback Band, by by a month or so. But but whether or not you consider that, um, mm. so you have got all this stuff going on, and all of them are in conversation with each other. All of these yeah. music, and you say, well, what's punk got to do with hip hop? Well, the Clash was so enamoured by by um, hip hop that they started to they made a kind of an electro funk tune themselves. Punks used to go to band batter's, um DJ, dj sets because i guess what they had in common was 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 the idea that um this was countercultural
0: exactly and it's that kind of homemade self-made kind of thing as well isn't it i think
2: so, so you've got all this stuff sort sort so, yeah, yeah and you know and then then or then overseas we've got things like italian disco or Italo disco, yeah which, yeah which which um big part of it big part in space disco and you know you've mm. got all this stuff going on so the mm. idea that you can just locate it in one source one point is yeah. just a fool's errand although i'm sure many people have their own ideas about the, the first
0: so where, where where would we go for so you've talked about the cat stevens track is this a good segue to talk about maybe magic fly for example we're,
2: we're yeah so about? magic fly is one of those tracks i mean it's a, it's, a, it's a, from a band called space and mm. um, they're a french disco band and mm-hmm. what happened with disco from the Studio 54 Saturday Night Fever era where everyone starts to hate disco, which is it's just an overgeneralisation. Disco has still been made and produced in the 80s in, the, in America and still been played in clubs. So the idea mm-hmm. that disco died is nonsense. And what did mm-hmm. disco turn into? House music. House music is an electronic form of disco. Mm. You've got that four on the floor beat. You've got the heart that mm. bumps, bumps, bumps. Yeah, bumps. Yeah. You, mm. I mean, every time, even if I walk into a nightclub now, I'm guaranteed to hear that groove, right? Yeah, yeah, it just gets people on the feet. But, um, but, mm. but yes, yeah, space are, space are very important. I think Magic Fly is the one that a lot of people talk about. Mm. Um, Phil Brilliant. Phil Klein and Kurt Bagley mentioned this, mm. um, and there's a lot of other space disco at the time where people would dress up like astronauts in, mm. in music videos and stuff. It was very futuristic. Um, I'm not saying it's an electro track, but I'm saying it's part of the conversation. Um, and, and I, th- I think it's very important sure just yeah, as yeah. Um, Giorgio Morodo's and in fact um, Kurt mm. told me that Giorgio uh, sorry Kraftwerk were inspired by Giorgio Morodo's um, album from 1978 which has Faster Than the Speed of Love on right another track so you've kind of, right it's, right it's, and I'm sure Moroder is is inspired by Kraftwerk as well so you've got this kind of um, it's like a game of volleyball
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just toing and frying the whole time. Yeah, and
2: yeah. I've started to use... Um, <laughs> for people who are more into heavy metal and stuff and rock, like some of my friends, I say, mm. well, people always talk about Black Sabbath's first album being the first heavy metal album. But mm. I, m- I might agree with that, being a big Black Sabbath fan. But mm. you also have Zeppelin before them. You have Blue Cheer mm. Um, mm. doing summertime blues with a distorted guitar and stuff. So you know it's it's the first of everything always makes me feel a little bit squeamish yeah it's too simple isn't it it's too simple it needs a bit more nuance
1: Dave Clark and you're listening to Base Agenda.
2: DJ Africa Bambata was certainly the most eclectic. Mm. Yes, he spun funk and soul records like Cool Herc, but he also played rock and metal. Mm. He played Culture Club, Yazoo, Michael Jackson, Billy Squire, the B 52s, Mm. Rolling Stones, and of of course, electronic music like Kraftwerk, Yellow Magic Orchestra, and Gary Newman. Mm. And in many ways, it's this multicultural attitude that Bambaataa brought to Planet Rock track that draws upon European music. Um, The the bongos in Planet Rock are taken from um, Babe Ruth, the Mexican, massive track for Cool Herc, um, and the B-Boys in the Bronx. Um, But but a a band that comes from Hertfordshire in the UK. Yeah. So so you've got this kind of cultural mix. But (laughs) Gary Newman's um, metal from the album, The Pressure Principle, uh, I've chosen this track because it's not Cars. Everyone's heard Cars. Everyone knows Cars. Cause was massive in in, in the Bronx, mm. you know, which always strikes me as really strange. But but you know, it's a great tune. I mm. think that album's fantastic. What's interesting about Gary Newman in this 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 time is, um, he is using electronic music, but his drums are still live. That's right. It's a hybrid kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of this. Yeah. It's kind of this admixture of the two. Mm. Um, and metal is the song that Bam batter would play quite a lot, and actually covered mm. on a later album, and mm. had Gary Newman on vocals with them. So it's a very important track for for the development of, of, of electro funk freestyle and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Still touring.
0: I think I saw a tour advertised recently for Gary Newman.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen him, but I would really like to because I think since... I mean, I like, I like all his music, to be fair. In the 80s, he went a little bit um, funny later on, but Gary Newman is kind of a poster child for what happened, how the music press responded to electronic music, and he mm. was abused really badly to the point that he was made quite unwell by it mm. because as far as people were concerned electronic music is not music you just yeah. plug in a synthesizer and press go
0: yeah yeah They think it's uh, there's no talent
2: involved everyone who makes electronic music it's not that easy no you have to still have um you have to program beats you have to have musical understanding of key and all that type even if you mm. do it organically mm. um so so it's, it's always been just a myth yeah, yeah, but but yeah, Gary Newman is is a fantastic figure, and
0: um, I had a track the, cropped up recently. And I can't remember which guest it was that chose it, but I think it was. Um, is it Down in the Park? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, that's
2: just brilliant, amazing. The, the Foo Fighters covered that song.
0: Did they? Um, I, didn't a, know, I didn't know. that
2: I mean, it's probably, it probably probably sounds good to someone who hasn't heard the original, but there's something about the original that's quite dark and menacing. Mm, it's quite a sinister vibe to it, yeah. And I think that about some some early electro tunes. I mean, mm. um, something like um, Nucleus always seemed to me to be quite optimistic and positive.
3: Mm. You know, mm. you know,
2: but, but something like I mean, even something like Egypt, Egypt by Egyptian Lover. There's something about that that's not quite right. Yes. And I don't I don't mean that in a bad way, I mean that in a kind of <laughs> freaky way. Like it's, it's just kind of an eerie there's synth, there's
0: a couple of synth
2: sounds in there, and I'm just trying to think um Yeah, there's something dark about some electro that I find that because I'm always gonna to gravitate towards that more than mm. optimism. Um yeah. There's, there's I'm,
0: some, I'm the same. And the
2: Johnson crew as well, there's something that pack mm. jam, it's just like something not quite right with that. There's something off.
0: Yeah. And
2: and, and you know, talking about um the Johnson crew. Uh, the video, there's a video online of um, of, of them doing um, pack jam. Look out for the OVC. Mm. They're all dressed up in like astronauts with space gear and doing robot movements and stuff, and obviously miming to the vocoder. Mm. Um, but if you watch a video by by um, one of the space disco bands, um, you'll you'll find that very very similar in yeah, terms yeah. of the way that they dress. Mm. So it's this idea of the future.
0: we've got to talk about uh, Ryuchi Sakamoto particularly given recent um, his recent death unfortunately
2: yeah I think, I think the reason why I've picked Wright and Lagos uh, I picked it actually before we heard that uh, Ryuchi Sakamoto had died mm. over the weekend sadly yeah. Um, yeah but he deserves as much credit as work, I think and the mm. Yellow Mag- Magic Orchestra and I know that that might be contentious but Wright and Lagos <laughs> is the first um, electronic tune well the first tune um, mm. To to use a Roland 808, mm. and the mm. Roland 808 is massively important to the electro sound. Although mm. I would add, not everyone used an electro 8. Mm. In fact, 808 beats by unknown DJ doesn't use an 808, which is very strange. Mm. Is that right? Rec- well, yeah, world class wrecking crew. Oh, I didn't know that. World class wrecking crew like the DMX. but so it's, it's, it's the electro. It's the it's the Roland 808 that's on Riot and Lagos by. Ryuchi Sakamoto, and it's a, it's a really offbeat, weird track, but I think we can certainly hear the strains of of, of electro, if not full electro.
4: This is Frankie Bones, and you're listening to Base Agenda.
2: Body Mechanic by Quadrant Six is that it's produced by John Roby, and John Roby's—you can hear John Roby's keyboards all over the track. It's an, but what's interesting about it is it's an electric tra- electro track that I was unaware of, mm. and and that's that's because the Street Sounds compilation albums were, were, were so big, yeah, um, mm. especially the early ones, and these were being chucked out every three months or so, yeah, and and, and they were so popular that they even hit the charts at the mm. time, yeah, yeah. but. Obviously, there was a lot more music out there than what Mm. was contained on those albums, and Mm. there was no internet. So how would you find out about them? Well, people would go to record stores. Mm. Phil Phil Klein um, told me that he would just get in touch with people from certain labels and say, "Um, what have you got? Send me this. And sometimes it wouldn't be Electro, but other times he would end up with a Gem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he just wanted more of this stuff. Mm. For me in Sunderland, with hardly any money Mm. um, at all, it wasn't... Like, I learned from other people. Yeah. And There's a lot of things that clearly slipped through the net. Um, yeah. E.T. bookie by the E.T.'s. Mm. Um, which which I think, if it was more popular, might have gotten sued. Because mm. there's, there's kind of an E.T. voice in there going, um, phone home and, um, ouch. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It yeah. It's
0: not just the style of the voice, the actual it's words are the <laughs> the
2: lifted. Directly lifted. Probably not a sample, but... You know, mm. but and and you know, to digress a little bit, the E.T.s and E.T. buggy clearly demonstrates the impact of science fiction cinema on music and vice versa. Oh god, yeah, they're doing that. But that that track was new to me. Um, Greg Wilson told me about that track. Mm. Oh, right, okay.
3: Five. Home.
2: but Body Mechanic by Quadrant Six was something that um, Kurt Bagley and, and Phil Klein mentioned. Mm. and so The
0: bass so, line's I mean, it's so simple. Yes. But, it, but, it's but,
2: just... but I, I can definitely imagine getting down on this track oh, and yeah. when I'm a young'un. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Leave it over late. I'll get the job done right. I'm your body mechanic, mechanic, mechanic.
4: Yo, this is the Egyptian Lover, and you're listening to the Face Agenda Radio Show, baby.
2: get involved in a research project, I become obsessed. Mm. And that's because you have to become obsessed and become part of it. For me, I'm I'm not talking about anyone else, but for me, I have to live it. Makes sense. So so, so when when I've written things about comic books before, I would spend days and days just poring over comic books Mm. to be part of that, to become a fan. Mm. I was already a fan of Electro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. There is no way in the world I will ever have the same amount of knowledge as people like Phil and Kurt Bagley, yeah, incredible. And probably um, other people in the community, like uh, like I'm interviewing Andy Jaggers next week.
0: Yeah, good. Uh, he's...
2: he's another one. Um, so, so, so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to mine this knowledge from the community in in order to that I capture and document mm. the history as, as accurately as possible. Mm. Yeah. And and that's the thing about a research project like this. It's it's really it's really reliant upon people interviewing people learning about their experiences mm. but people like Andy Jaggers Kurt Bagley Phil mm. Klein the Dexacist these are the people who are the archives of electoral history yep. and it's my job to kind of um, to cut their heads off and say give me your knowledge
0: I love what you're doing I, I, at one level I'm immensely jealous because <laughs> you're getting paid to do this I wish I could get if I could make a living doing basic gender I'd be the happiest man alive. but but yeah, I, do, I I think it's so important to capture this stuff. I mean, I've got there's people in my archive now that have, that have unfortunately passed away, and that you, you cannot hear their voices anywhere else. Um, you know, it's a real honour to have that in in the archive, But I think it's so important. But well, I
2: think um, we're at a stage now where, like like, like I'm not wishing anyone dead. No, but, <laughs> no if we If we go if we go like much further without capturing and documenting these voices, these pioneers, we might lose that. important part of history regardless of what anyone thinks about the genre yeah and 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 you know i still i still Mm. find myself thinking that electro should should be under the umbrella of hip-hop but i'm not sure about like it's there's a lot of branches and tentacles and electro today is 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 is, it's just so widespread and it's different and it's unique And, and a big part of a project like this of course is reading I mean, I yeah. mean I, 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 I've read probably around 50 books over the last six months or so. Or, um, that yeah. might even just be tangentially related. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been reading books about Parliament and Funkadelic. There's a book mm-hmm. by Ricky Vincent who, there's only really one book that's been published on funk, which is bizarre. And, it, and, he do, and he does talk about the at the end and he does talk about the connections with funk. Yeah, I, th- I think if, if, if you were a person, if I tried to write it as a history that was chronological, that wouldn't be possible because mm. by 1982, 83, you've got things happening um, in different parts of the States, especially, but also yeah. in Europe. So you've got, mm. it, so, so what I was thinking of structuring the book is by region, so start off with New York.
3: Mm.
2: I don't just want to write a list of key tracks. That's not what I want to do. No, no, no. But I think no. throughout the book, what I'll have is little boxes that'll have key tracks, producers, mm. instruments used and stuff because I always ask like I asked Dave Stores, an Egyptian lover, mm. um, right, so on Egypt, Egypt, what instruments, what, what what was used? And then I can put them in the book so people can understand how these things were made. Mm.
0: Yeah, um, I like that. And I like the fact that you're looking at the context, that the, 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 the cultural context, I suppose, of when, when this music was being made, you know, what was going on around
2: at the same time. And we haven't even talked about, we haven't even spoken about Miami Base. No, my God, I know, yeah. I know. So Miami Base is certainly a strand of electoral. Mm. Uh, um, so so I might, I mean, this book sounds like it's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Obviously, you you want a lot of participation in this if you
0: can. So you, you want to interview a lot of people um, who've played their role. But how can, you know, the wider audience maybe get involved
2: i would say if anyone if anyone was a b-boy a b-girl at the time if you were if you were an mc if you were a break dancer and you listened to electro music and it was a part of uh, of your upbringing in the 80s um, then please get in touch and um, i'd love to hear your story i'm trying to capture as many as possible i'm going to be interviewing hundreds of people hopefully
3: yeah, yeah. i Get
2: in touch with um, b proctor at bournemouth.ac.uk and my name is spelt p-r-o-c-t-o-r Cool. And I'll put that in the show notes and
0: and so on as well for you as well. And then presumably you'd like, I guess you're going to feature some photos, images
2: in this, maybe? Yeah, I mean, if people want to share images and photos that can kind of illustrate their story and stuff, that would be fantastic. Mm. Um, I definitely want photos and images. Um, But but what I'm not interested in...
0: Mm.
2: Is contemporary electoral. That's a different book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, yeah. But that doesn't but the most people who do contemporary electoral tend to be someone who was active in the days, the older generation mm. anyway. <laughs>
0: Dr. Proctor, there, really excited about this project, and we'll speak to him again at some point in the future when the book's taken a bit more shape. Just a reminder of his email address if you want to get in touch with any stories, thoughts, pictures relating to the old school electro days, particularly here in the UK. It's B Proctor, so that's B P R O C T O R, at Bournemouth which is of course B-O-U-R-N-E-M-O-U-T-H dot A-C dot U-K bproctor at bournemouth dot A-C dot U-K Working title of the book is And the Beat Goes Boom, The History of Electro Hip Hop About time somebody did this Nearly time for ADJ's old school mix Just a brief mention because I don't think I've mentioned it for a couple of shows If you can support Base Agenda help me keep the archive online and all the various subscriptions and whatnot I need to keep this thing alive, keep this thing going. I'd be really grateful of your support via Patreon.com slash baseagenda. That's patreo ncom slash baseagenda. From around four dollars, around four pounds a month, you can contribute to this mission. Plus, you get early access to shows, exclusive merch, in some cases, discounts on base agenda recordings voice-free versions of the show and extra mixes as well. That's patreon.com slash Agenda. Coming up, ADJ in the mix.
4: This is ADJ and you are listening to Base Agenda. Base Agenda.
1: Agenda Basement in Detroit. And you're listening to Bass Agenda.
4: look that good.
3: Occupy all freaks We,
4: the possessors Of the ancient Tibetan Hold you all As hopeless prisoners For our experiments <laughs> We will control the bass We will control the treble We can change the sound waves From piercing highs To thundering lows For the next few minutes Your mind, body infiltrated by the almighty supernatural powers of the Tibetan Jam. At this very moment, our special molecular heat waves are being transferred into your body by means of the dance floor and the speaker. As your body temperature rises, you will notice it will begin to pulsate in unison with the beat of the moving closer, closer, closer Closer. to the speakers to receive the total energy of the Tibetan rhythmic powers of the Tibetan jam by standing absolutely still not recommended
1: I will not dance
0: from ADJ love and thanks out to him really did us proud there make sure to keep an eye on him keep an eye on Pyramid Transmissions his radio show and of course awesome label as well thanks again out to uh, Dr Proctor looking forward to seeing how that thing shapes up the full show and track list will be available first to supporters of the show on Patreon patreon.com slash base agenda and it'll be added to the other archive on SoundCloud etc at some point next week I'll be back next month with another show. Could be one of three possible guests. Just waiting to see uh, which one comes back to me first with their tracks. Keep an eye on Base Agenda socials and the website baseagenda.co.uk for information. Until next time, thanks for supporting the show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Have a good weekend. Cheers.
4: This is DJ Digital. Thanks again for checking out Andy on the Base Agenda Show. 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 show.